better than Bethlehem. That's my, that's my message today that I want to share with you. Better than Bethlehem. Obviously, you're going to have to go through the class to be able to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but sometimes that's good to, to approach that. Good to have everyone here today. God bless you for being here. So thankful for you. So glad to have Rachel back with us. Amen. Kevin, feeling better here with us? So glad. Amen. Each and every one of you. And we want, we want the Lord to do good things. All right, so... These are all the verses I gave you today. You'll have to just fill in any notes you want to do as I go through this. But here is a verse full of all sorts of stuff that we don't normally talk about. So let's start with Job 9, 30 through 33. Uh, Susie, you okay reading that? If I wash myself with snow water and make my hands never so clean, yet shalt thou plunge me in the ditch, and mine own clothes shall abhor me. For he is not a man as I am, that I should answer him, and we should come together in judgment. Neither is there any daysman betwixt us that might lay his hand upon us both. So Job said, <laughs> in my best day, my cleanest uh, place of, of, of being the cleanest I can make myself, he said, God can just turn me around and throw me in a ditch and, and make me all muddy and filthy again. He said, how, how can I answer to God, and who will God answer to? And so I want to talk to you today about better than Bethlehem, and I'll, it will make sense as I get through this Bible study. But the book of Job is uh, the oldest book in the Bible, as far as historical. To think that, that Job was living at the time that Abraham left the Ur of the Chaldees. Isn't that crazy that Job comes so far later in the, in the Bible, and yet these are two massively early things that happened in, in the history that God revealed to us through his Bible. <clears throat> um, but these men both were men that were able to hear from God and listen to God, and uh, it makes them very important. Job captures well the feeling of hopelessness, that, uh, that prevailed in the Old Testament. That's why we read in Job 23 uh, and 3, Oh, that I knew where I might find him. That was Job's cry that if, if only he knew how to connect and how to find God in his life. Um, uh, Renee, catch 1 Samuel 2 and 25. This is just the first part of that that's showing. One man sin against another, the judge shall judge him. But if a man sin against the Lord, who shall entreat for him? So, so we're going to get to this. How do we ever answer to God when we have everything is against us? We, we can't think like God. We don't know what, what's in God's mind. We, we don't know uh, the end from the beginning. Uh, we're, we're created in, as flesh. Uh, David said in sin that my mother conceived me. Um, we, we are people today that have no hope of ever attaining to the level of God. And so this is just giving you a picture of man's hopelessness that how, how do I deal with God in my life? How, what can I ever do to, to find God's, uh, not, not pity, but find his favor in my life? 
Um, it's a fundamental fact in Scripture that God cannot excuse wrong. Remember, always in this Bible study, everything God does cannot allow someone, I'm going to let you go this time. Okay. I'm, yes? I was reading, and he forgave, he did. He, I find it. Actually, but, but what I'm telling you is that, is that how that God forgives us had to be fulfilled in a way that would still allow him to be just and fair and a good judge. And that's, that's my point here today, is that, is that God is a just judge. He, he's not going to let us off the cuff and say, um, it, it's okay, uh, because what sin is sin, and God has to stand on his law. Um, in the Old Testament, we see God is always pictured as above man. No one walked with him as far as being able to walk in the ethereal and the eternal. Uh, it was man upon the earth, and we only desire to have God uh, come to our rescue. The, the plaintiff, or, or let's say the defense, uh, the, the, uh, <clears throat> the district attorney is going to bring a case against you, and uh, you as the defendant, those two cases are, are about the same event that took place, but they are so different from each other. One is attacking you for what you've done wrong, and the other is trying to find uh, appeasement and to try to show that, well, I'm not guilty in this, in this scenario. And so that's how it is with God and man. God is perfect, God is whole, God is complete, Amen. and man is sinful, born in sin, shaped in iniquity, and there's no hope for man. And so we are without hope if we don't have God come in such a manner that will help us. Right. Well, there is no hope. And so God above men. Um, if only there was an individual who could understand both sides. That's what we're looking for. That's the daysman that Job was talking about. The daysman. It means to be an umpire or to be a mediator. <clears throat> but of course we know that in, in scripture there was nothing like this was available. So the situation was absolutely hopeless that we would never be able to have hope with God because there was, there was no one that could be my advocate that could help me. So a daysman is needed. The situation is absolutely hopeless without somehow God helping us. And so here's the requirement of a daysman throughout history. Number one, it had to be agreed upon by both sides who the daysman would be. Both sides of the issue had to agree on one daysman that would, that would be the mediator. Number two, it must be given, the daysman must be given power to negotiate for both sides. It couldn't be just advocating one side, but he had to have the right to, to make decisions and find fairness on both sides of the, of the coin. <coughs> and number three, they had to be able to identify both sides and yet be impartial. In other words, they couldn't side with one side. 
That's a challenge today to be impartial, isn't it? Yes, it is. So that's why the Bible says this in the scripture. It said that God sent forth his son. We had to have a fleshly man who could know my side of the needs. But he also, uh, I, I, excuse me, I just said that wrong. He sent forth his son, which would be God's side of things. And then, but then they also had to be made of a woman that would also tell us man's side of it. So when we talk about Jesus Christ being the mediator of God and man, we are speaking about a daysman that could see both sides and be impartial on the whole lot. Praise the Lord. God and man, it had to be like a bridge. That daysman would have to touch both sides of the issue. And that's the reason why there had to be an incarnation. In other words, that God would dwell in flesh and come among us. That's why he couldn't just say, I forgive you of your sins. There has so much more about Calvary's cross, about the, the, the burying him uh, in the grave and then seeing him rise again on the third day. There's so much more to the life of Jesus Christ so that we also could have that daysman in our life. <coughs> um, Rachel, read um, Galatians 4, 4 through 6. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, Amen. Good morning. Praise the Lord. Do we have another copy? Was Kevin? Was there another copy? That was it. Okay. Okay. Sherry, come in. Make yourself at home. Uh, here's another verse for that. Uh, Megan, you okay with 1 Timothy 2 and 5? Yes, sir. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Amen. So, Job said, oh, in a, in a time of darkness in the Old Testament when, when God wasn't uh, walking with men, but he was in the, in the world and, and <coughs> present, he made the whole world, he was the creator, and yet it was man striving to know God. But here... Jesus Christ came in order that in the New Testament, our, our perception of God would change. In the Old Testament, it was God above men. <clears throat> but when Jesus came and walked the earth with God dwelling inside of him, it became God among men. Prophecy fulfilled. <clears throat> so we see a change of the way that God is reaching for man. First, God was so far removed that man, man didn't know how to reach him. But now as a mediator, having a mediator between God and man, now men can have God among them. Amen. Us, uh, he is the mediator, the daysman between us and God. This is the figurative position. It's, it's not something that was literal, but it was, it was fulfilled a picture within Scripture concerning God reaching for mankind 
in a fair and a just way. God gives the truth to us in terms that we can understand. I believe that's why even Job said what he did about the daysmen. So the awesome thing is, is that when Jesus Christ became our mediator, then all of a sudden the judge became our mediator. So how much closer are we now to having God's fairness and God knowing our feelings and our needs in our life by having the very one who used to be over us just waiting for us to make a mistake? Lightning falling from the sky and, and, and torching people because of their disobedience. Now, now that just judge walked among us and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. Amen. Amen. Psalms 85 and 10. Um, Sandra, you want to get that one? Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have, been, have kissed each other. Yes. The psalmist writing prophetically here. He said that mercy and truth are met together. That's what the mediator was in your life. It was having mercy and truth right at your disposal today. That when you're in a fix, you can call on the Lord. When you're fixing to have someone drive wrong on the road and they're, they're going to hit you, you can cry out in Jesus' name. Oh, what an incredible thing. It used to be God over us. Now it was God among us. But did God have a plan to make it even better? Amen. That's why I have your title today, Better than Bethlehem. Let's consider the rest of the story now. <laughs> but while it was glorious to have the daysmen walk on the earth, Jesus was limited while he was in the form of a man. When he said, thy sins are forgiven, that's what he said to the man who was let down through the roof, right? In Mark 2. And he also said it to the woman who anointed his feet in Luke 7. Remember that both of these people were still under the old law. Right. Yeah. The New Testament church hadn't even begun yet. So the next time that they would need forgiveness, what was their, what was their answer? They would have to go find Jesus because it was just one man walking along the shores of Galilee that if you were there, you met and saw the mediator between God and man. But God had to make this a greater thing. He had to make it available for all mankind, for every generation. So what could he do? How could he fix this and make it even better? There had to be something better than what he revealed himself from Bethlehem. And so we see even farther what Jesus' ministry did. Now looking at John 14 and 16. Um, Susie, you got that one? Okay, this was Jesus promising that the Father would give another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. It wasn't now just Jesus as a man, find Jesus, help me find Jesus. The, the man who came, whose son was vexed and, and was nigh to death, and, and his desperation is he's waiting for the Lord to come. 
and along the way he sees a woman with the issue of blood for 12 years and he stops and he says who touched me and he's taking care of her needs and that man must have been dying saying come on Lord I've got to get you to my son before it's too late there had to be something better than Bethlehem it had to be God's plan so nearing now the end of Jesus ministry he tells us that God would give us another comforter. Um, um, Renee, catch 14, 18 of John. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Right? So the Holy Ghost, Jesus speaking here, said, I won't leave you comfortless. This is the incredible story of the power of God becoming all in all in our life, that we could actually have that constant friend. We could have the mediator with us 24-7 in our life. There was going to be a fulfillment of Scripture that not only was that Jesus the Messiah would come like the Jews thought, but that he would come and he would give us something that would take care of us for all the days of our life. Um, uh, Sandra, catch John 14-26. Praise the Lord. And so each time we see scripture revealing a little bit more and more and more about the Holy Ghost, it would be that comforter. It would be the answer for your needs. Amen. Um, uh, Omega gets John 15, 26. Amen. And then Rachel, uh, John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient, not just necessary, but advantageous for you to go, for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. All right, a little bit more there. Uh, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. So that word expedient is interesting because it's not just expedient meaning necessary or, or essential but it also has has the understanding that it's advantageous in other words it's to your advantage to have the Holy Ghost it's your advantage today to be able to have the Lord in your life Amen. Amen. now he goes on and says that John is the only one who uses a certain word in Scripture he uses it in two different places in two different books, John and 1 John. And I, I want to show you this to you now. Uh, it's, it's the word parakletos. And, and it's uh, only in the New Testament. It was only used by John. And it means one who is called to one's aid. One who pleads another's cause before a judge. Literally a defense counsel an intercessor, a lawyer, an advocate. So John used this word uh, only one time outside of his gospel, and that's in the first book, in the first epistle of, in the New Testament church. Look at um, uh, Susie Reed, 1 John 2 and 1. My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not, 
And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. There's that word, Paracletus, is the word advocate that's underlined in yours. The advocate. He is there. He, our God does so much more for us when we're filled with his spirit than we know. Amen. Amen. Today, we don't have God above man, as in the Old Testament, or even God among men, as what Bethlehem brought to us. But through the power of the Holy Ghost, we are a privileged people today who now have God within us. We need more today than just to say, well, our church says you should receive the Holy Ghost. We need to realize today what God is doing in our life, how that he is speaking to us. He's giving us strength. He's helping us through our day. He's giving us direction. He's bringing his word to our understanding in our daily lives. He is allowing us to know him in such a greater measure. Jesus Christ is our daysman our mediator in a much greater way today because that he dwells in us and he's always with us and he's always for us. Just don't ask him to break his rules. Amen. So use the Holy Ghost today according to the word of God. Use the Holy Ghost today to fulfill scripture and not try to go around it. Amen. Um, Renee, catch John 14 and 17. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. Amen. So this is the greatest fulfillment of what Jesus Christ came to do, was not just to be God of the Old Testament, Jehovah, nor was it to be just Jesus as a man full of grace and truth that we saw. And when we saw him, we saw the incredibleness of God. But now, even more so, it's the Spirit of God dwelling inside of us so that now we can have him right by our side. Amen. Can you imagine today being able to, whatever you do, whatever you face, whatever you are challenged with, to have the one who knows all in all, who knows yesterday, today, and forever. The God who knows all about man because he made us. He knows everything about my past because he saw me. He knows that I've been forgiven of my sins. I can be right in his stead. And today I can have an incredible confidence and come boldly to the throne room of God and find a present help in time of trouble. Yeah. All because that he was better than Bethlehem, he became the one who became in me, and of the truth walks with me today. In the Old Testament, the mercy seat was in the temple. In Jesus' day, his body was the mercy seat. But today, our mercy seat is within us by his Spirit. So I don't have to go to a location. I don't have to wait to come to this no. church facility to find forgiveness of sins. I don't have to wait someday, oh, if I could just see Jesus. 
No. Today he's in us. Amen. And today the forgiveness of God is readily available wherever I am. That's why we can just breathe his name. We can ask him to forgive us and he will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. Amen. The scene that God came in flesh, we call it the incarnation, was powerful. But what we have today is even better than that was of itself. Because then you had to go where Jesus was. But today, Jesus comes where you are. Scholars call the book of Hebrews the fifth gospel. Some theologians call it the, the book of Hebrews the fifth gospel because it tells what Jesus is doing now. All right, let me just read a few things here for you. Uh, um, Mega, read Hebrews 7 and 25. Wherefore, <coughs> able also to save him to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. This was the message of Hebrews. He ever liveth. When we talk about Jesus Christ, we're not talking about what happened several thousand years ago. We're talking about what he's doing today in our lives. Here's a few examples of this in Hebrews, uh, just breaking it down. The word better is only used 15 times in the New Testament. And 13 of those 15 times is all in the book of Hebrews. Interesting. That's your trivial pursuit for the day. In chapter 1 and 2 of Hebrews, it tells us that Jesus is better than the angels and the, and the prophets. In chapters 3 and 4, it tells us that Jesus is better than Moses and Joshua, Amen. who brought the people into the promised land. In chapters 5, 6, and 7, Hebrews tells us that Jesus is better than Aaron and the order of Melchizedek, uh, the, the priesthood that got ordained. Jesus Christ is better than that priesthood was. Amen. In chapters 8 and 9 of Hebrews, it tells us that Jesus brought us a better tabernacle and a better testament because today he's ever liveth and alive. Amen. In chapter 10, Hebrews tells us that Jesus is a better sacrifice. And Hebrews 11, 12, and 13, that Jesus tells us, uh, or Hebrews tells us that Jesus brought us a better way. Amen. You see, Satan is the accuser of the brethren, right? We know that. He comes to court today as a prosecuting attorney with his briefcase full of records detailing our sins, faults, failures, and shortcomings. Job would have had to listen in rejected silence because no one in his day had a daysman. Those in Jesus' day would have had to find Jesus or go to the temple to find the answer that they desperately needed in their life. They had no daysmen. Uh, they had, oh, excuse me. In Jesus' day, they had a daysman, but they had no paracletos. They had no uh, uh, attorney helping them. 
But we today have a defense attorney who opens his briefcase and pulls out one small document, which when inspected reads, well, even like 1 John 1 and 7. Susie, you want to read that one? Amen. If we're walking with God, if we're taking advantage of the Holy Ghost inside of your life today, let me tell you something. We, we don't have to worry about Satan coming and accusing us because we are um, constantly having Jesus Christ, his son, cleansing us from all sin. It's an ongoing process because we're living and we're serving a now God today. It's a right now salvation today. We're not waiting for something in the future and we're not worried about something of our past. But today, we can come boldly to the throne room of God. Amen. Today, we have an advocate. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, there was an incarnation of God. But when he is born in us, then it becomes an impartation of God. What a difference today. It's not just knowing Jesus, all the things and things he did and the lives he made alive and the people he healed and reading through the Gospels, we enjoy reading about Jesus. But today, my friend, we have him revealing those same things through our life. This is so much better than what he did at Bethlehem. Amen. Uh, a couple stories for you today. General William Booth, who is the founder of the Salvation Army, right? Uh, led a lawyer to the Lord, and the lawyer later penned these words. He signed the deed with his redeeming blood and ever lives to make the payment good, to make the payment good, excuse me. Should sin or law or hell come in to urge a second claim, they all retire at once by mention of his name. Amen. Wow. Remember Dr. Kane, who was the first to perform an apodectomy with uh, local anesthesia and the only way he could prove that it was real and that it would work was he actually did it himself to himself. He performed his own surgery. I can't imagine that. But the point being today, when our God came, he came in order to give you all the answers you need. Amen. When the doctor becomes a patient, well, then all sorts of good things happen. I'm so thankful today for the Lord. Just a little different view today. I wanted you to share that with you because sometimes we fail to perceive or understand how much better we have it now than even they did when Jesus came to this earth. It's, and 
James tells us you have not because you ask not. We got to become a people today that praise more because we are anticipating that he's a right now God. He is a living God today, not just tomorrow. Amen. And so um, my challenge to this church, to each and every one of us in this room today, is that God wants us to trust him more for the now. He wants to include him more in the now of our life. He wants us to realize that, that he is here so that he can talk to you and help you right now. Praise the Lord. And that's so much better than waiting, hoping that Jesus comes to the temple, hoping he walks up to the front and, and takes a scroll and opens it and reads and says, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your hearing. Today, God wants to do an incredible thing in your life. But you've got to have faith. You've got to anticipate that he wants to do something. You have to realize today that he has placed you right exactly where you need to be to have problems and to find out that he will help you through them. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Any thoughts today? He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Susie. Right. The truth is we deserve God's judgment. Exactly. <laughs> but in the Old Testament, the mercy seat was above the law. When Jesus came, his mercy covered that judgment. Amen. And, and so we have the opportunity to receive his mercy in spite of the law and the judgment that we deserve. Amen. The mercy seat was once in the temple, and then it was Jesus in the incarnation. And now <coughs> that mercy seat is in your life. The thing you could say, Lord, please forgive me. You don't have to make a big deal of it. Aren't you thankful you don't have to bring a lamb for everything you've done wrong? But that he would fulfill that office today and be your all in all. <coughs> and what else? Good thought. Ooh! Ooh! My wife killed me over the last two days. I want you all to know that. I want you to feel sorry for me. Okay. We have a green building. It's kind of a carport. It's, it has a structure. It's about 12 by 16 maybe inside. It's not big, but but we have deemed that a place for Elaine to keep all of our decorations so we don't have to take them far when she changes out her house every season. And, and she um, has all her gardening tools and her and her wheelbarrow and her wagon that she hauls around picking up limbs and things. And uh, But it, we have not done a thing to it since we moved in. And there must be 10 mice in there. They are, they are gaining ground on us. And we had several things. I just bought a brand new box that's going to be a metal cabinet. And um, Lowe's was trying to get rid of it. And I thought, $100 would be a great thing to have in that room so we think we can put all of our stuff on it. Because right now it's all in boxes and things laid out on pallets and, and those mice are all over it. So even the styrofoam in that box those mice got into. And that styrofoam was over everything all over the floor. And so Elaine said, stop everything. 
Stop your working on your house in Brookline. Stop any projects. We are going to fix this room. So the last two days, we got everything out of there and we hosed it all down and, and rebuilt the pallets and put decking on them and, and got two shelvings up and got those up so we could put your stuff in. And uh, it is truly a wonderful, I, I'd almost like to take you over there and show it to you now. It really looks good. But, you know, it just came to a time where we had to fix it. If you would have left it up to me, I would. it's not where I work. I don't have any of my stuff in there. So it didn't bother me. But um, it, it, it bothered Elaine. Can't blame her.